Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 19 of Revelation chapter 18, and we're going to be reading Revelation 18, verses 7 and 8. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Revelation 18, verse 7, led us back to Isaiah 47, and we've spent a little time looking at some of the language there, especially the phrase, in a moment, in one day, as God speaks of Babylon's judgment that will take place, he says, in a moment and in one day. And we've seen that both of these uh, statements are... Speaking of Judgment Day, and both apply to the prolonged period of time, the uh, very likely 1,600 days of judgment. God is referring to the prolonged period of Judgment Day as a day, or he's also referring to it as a moment. And we uh, were looking at Isaiah 26, verses 20 and 21 last time. And let me just start there again. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 20, it says, Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, Jehovah cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. So that is of what the indignation is, God punishing the inhabitants of the earth. During that time, the people of God are hidden for a little moment. And uh, and we went to Colossians 3, verse 3 last time to show that to be hidden means to have your life hidden uh, with God through Christ. That, that is, you're saved and, and therefore, your life is hidden in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have eternal life, and you will live forever. And that's what it means to hide yourself for this little moment. And God's elect, a great multitude of them, are living on the earth, going through this period of judgment, but they're they're not harmed by it because... They are hidden. Now, also in Isaiah, in chapter 54, in Isaiah 54, first of all, God speaks of a widow, and in this case, in the early verses of Isaiah 54, it is referring to the elect. And the Lord says that there will, uh, more are the children of the desolate, 
then the children of the married wife. And when we go through these verses, we find that God is speaking of those that he saves during the church age, likening them to children of the married wife, because the churches are typified by Israel, and Israel was married to God. And then the children of the desolate are the children of the little season of great tribulation when God has ended the church age, turned it into a desolate wilderness, and commanded his people to go out. And it is uh, outside of the churches during a time of desolation for the church that God saves a great multitude from the nations of the world. And so more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith Jehovah. And God says in verse 4 of Isaiah 54, Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shall not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more, for thy maker is thine husband. Jehovah of hosts is his name, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For Jehovah has called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth, when thou wast refused, saith thy God. So God again is speaking of the widow, um, but but you will not remember the reproach of your widowhood because your maker, God himself, is your husband as Christ is the bridegroom and the elect are the bride. And, and then we read in verse 7, For a small moment have I forsaken thee. And this can only apply to the elect. God has been speaking especially of the widow woman and more the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife. And it so happens that God saves her children, a great multitude, in the second part of the Great Tribulation that leads right into the final day of judgment. Judgment Day began at the end of the Great Tribulation on May 21, 2011. And Judgment Day is likened to a moment. We saw that in Isaiah 26, 20 and 21. In Psalm 73, uh, verses 17 through 19. In Isaiah 47, in verses 8 and 9, concerning Babylon, that she'll become desolate in a day, in a moment. And in many other places, God likens Judgment Day for a moment. And here in Isaiah 54, he's speaking of his people, and then he says, mysteriously, in verse 7, For a small moment have I forsaken thee. And it is the elect that he is talking of. But with great mercies will I gather thee in a little wrath. I hid my face from thee for a moment. But with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith Jehovah thy Redeemer. Now again, God says it twice. 
Um, verse 7, he mentions a small moment. Verse 8, he says he hid his face from the for a moment. And that phrase identifies with judgment day. God is speaking to his people and he's saying that he has forsaken them for a moment and hid his face from them for a moment. And, and, well, we're amazed and, and frightened. How can this be? Doesn't God tell his people, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee? Yes, he does. And, and that is a faithful promise of God. He will never leave nor forsake his people. And, and not even for a literal moment. Well, then how can we understand this? Because he is saying, for a small moment have I forsaken thee. And that phrase relates to judgment day. And here we are, we find ourselves living on the earth in the day of judgment. Has God forsaken us for the period of judgment day? No, according to Hebrews 13, God will never leave nor forsake us. But yes, in one way, no, his spirit will never leave us. We have a new born-again soul. God indwells us. That will never change. But in a different kind of way, the answer is yes, he has forsaken us. And we can understand um, in in what way God has forsaken us, when we look at the Hebrew word translated as forsaken here, it's uh, Strong's number 5800, and it's found in 2 Chronicles 32.31. Let's, let's go there. In 2 Chronicles chapter 32, in verse 31. Now, it's important to know that this is being said of Hezekiah, who was a true man of God, a true believer. And and so there's no question that the verse that I, I mentioned earlier, God tells us that he will never leave nor forsake us, applied to Hezekiah as well. Hezekiah was an elect and therefore God would never forsake him. Yet, listen to what, what God says here in Second Chronicles 32, in verse 31. Howbeit, in the business of the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, who sent unto him to inquire of the wonder that was done in the land, God left him to try him, that he might know all that was in his heart. Now the the words left him are a translation of the same Hebrew word translated as forsake. God forsook him to try him that he might know all that was in his heart. And that's exactly, it's precisely what God has done to all of his people at this time, he has left us only in the sense of trying our faith as he has 
lit this spiritual fire of Judgment Day and put the faith of each one of us through the fiery trial to try us in order to see if we are gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, stubble. And we have been forsaken or left by God to the flames of this severe testing period. And so God is uh, allowing us to be severely tried during this period of time. And in that way, yes, he has forsaken us. Has he taken his Holy Spirit from any of the elect that are on the earth? No, no, they they still have the Spirit of God indwelling them, and therefore God has not left nor forsaken them and is faithful to his word. Yet God at the same time has left them for the purpose of trial. And that's what he's saying here. For a small moment, have I forsaken thee or left thee? And that fits perfectly with everything we know or or other information we've learned from the Bible concerning this time period, the 1600 days itself is testimony to uh, the idea that God is trying his people because 1600 breaks down to 40 times 40. 40 periods of 40 days each from May 21 until October 7th, 2015 is one way of looking at this small moment in every 40 days, it's as though God is trying us, and when one 40-day period has expired, another 40-day period continues, and because there are 40 40-day periods, and October 7th, 2015, is the 40th 40-day period. On that day, it will be the 40th 40, as well as the 10,000th overall day of judgment, and it would be, again, a very excellent choice of a day to end the test. God had Israel wander in the wilderness 40 years, not not longer than that. The Lord had um, Moses go up into the mount 40 days. The Lord had Christ uh, be tempted of the devil in the desert 40 days, not longer. And so, if we're looking for a trial to conclude, we would expect it to conclude on the 40th day. But since this period of time is longer than a single 40 days, then the the idea of it concluding on the 40th 40 is uh, an outstanding probability when we put together all the other biblical information concerning the uh, the testing that God is doing at this time. So, again, it says, For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. And 
and God does have his people um, going about the reaping business, gathering the precious fruit of the earth in this time of harvest. And we're approaching October 7th, 2015, which is the last day of harvest. And the Feast of Harvest is the time when the offerings are made unto God uh, from the bounty of the harvest. And uh, that that would be another uh, perfect time for the elect to be gathered unto him. And then uh, October 7th actually would be the travel day at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles and the end of the Feast of Harvest, the time when all the Israelites would return home from having presented themselves before God, not empty-handed, but with their fruits. And and likewise, uh, it would be uh, a wonderful thing for God's elect to go home uh, forever into our eternal home of the new heavens and new earth. Well, in verse 8 of Isaiah 54, it says, In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment. But with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith Jehovah thy Redeemer. It's almost as if God is saying, Look, I, I understand. Uh, I I realize the things have been very difficult and and trying. Uh, there, there's been much great tribulation and affliction and and uh, so forth, and and this all relates for my plan for you to go through the uh, fires of trial for a moment. But uh, again, it's as though God is reminding us: don't forget about the everlasting kindness, the eternity that is to follow this moment. This is just a temporal thing. It, it It's a very short period of time. And soon, though, the next step is eternity future. Uh, and just one other thing here in verse 9 of Isaiah 54. It says, For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. And what's interesting about that is we understand the moment, the uh, in a moment phrase, to identify with Judgment Day. And Judgment Day began... On May 21, 2011, which was 7,000 years from the flood or from the waters of Noah. And it was the equivalent day of the flood on May 21, 2011, because the underlying Hebrew calendar day was the 17th day of the second Hebrew month. And that was the day after seven days God shut the door and, and the flood waters began to fall. And and so for God to speak of uh, forsaking his people for a moment, hiding his face from them for a moment, but then gathering them with everlasting kindness, and then tie it in 
with the waters of Noah. This is as the waters of Noah unto me. And it it is uh, very encouraging to us that we have been understanding the period of Judgment Day correctly. We've been understanding the beginning date of May 21, 2011, and the prolonged period of time that is likened to a moment. It is as the waters of Noah and also God's promise following the flood that he would never again destroy the earth with a flood relates to the new heaven and new earth that he will never again bring judgment. Never again will it be necessary to uh, go through something uh, as we the the way we went through time in this world and and with all the trouble with sin and death and and all the things that made this life so grievous it will never happen again in verse 10 of Isaiah 54 it says for the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed but my kindness shall not depart from thee Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith Jehovah, that hath mercy on thee. And this is some of the wonderful language of the Bible that gives us hope and uh, comfort as we look expectantly with great expectation to a future that God says will come. And it is a glorious future for his people when um, the things of this life will be passed and and we will begin to experience uh, the tremendous blessings of the things to come. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.